Another spring training victory, as well as some 2022 betting odds for your Tigers today on Locked On. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, March 31st, last day of March. Comes regular season baseball, baby. March 31st, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, We are going to cover... The spring training game against the Phillies. Nice little victory for the Tigers there yesterday. So we're going to go over that. Uh, BetOnline.net just dropped some betting odds and and some over-unders and and all that kind of stuff for individual player performances or props uh, that we're going to go over and talk about kind of where they stand for all of them. And then we have some house cleaning stuff that we're going to start off the show with. Just some roster moves, etc. So let's just get right into it. For starters, starters, for starters, before we even get into the starters, uh, I understand that my audio and quality yesterday was pretty atrocious, like straight up not not good. And uh, I'm out of town, as I, I have, uh, I think, mentioned. Maybe I mentioned wings and not here. I don't remember. They all, I do a lot of things. Um, but uh, I... I am out of town. Um, I'm down seeing uh, some some family, my mother. And so I am not, if don't have my usual setup. I got like my little setup going. My internet's a lot, not, you know, not as, not as consistent as my, my beautiful internet uh, when I am home. So I apologize if quality is wanky and, and not great and not up to the standards that I wanted at, nonetheless, the standards that you want. So um, I, I apologize for that here for through the week. So just a couple more episodes with it. Uh, and then by next week and well before opening day, we'll be back to, to regular scheduled programming. So if it continues to be bad, just know that I am aware. I appreciate you guys reaching out and voicing your concerns because I, I want you guys to, to do that. If you think something is, is whack, you know, I want you guys to reach reach out and be like hey this kind of um so I'm, I'm glad that that so many of you reached out and uh just wanted to let address it like hey i i am aware i i know i'm i'm trying my best i'm trying a little bit of a different thing today it could be better it could be even worse than it was yesterday so we're gonna see what happens uh i won't know until it's up unfortunately that's the the way that our uh, our setup is anyway that's a whole nother thing going down a whole different rabbit hole Let's just get into Tigers. Okay, so thank you guys for pointing it out. I am aware. I'm trying the best with what I got, but that's the current situation. So the Detroit Tigers. Let's talk some ball. Uh, Pineda finally got his work visa all settled. That's awesome. I actually, I'm not even 100%. I think it's a work visa. I should probably just say visa because I'm not 100% sure what, what type of visa it is, and I don't want to get in trouble if I say the wrong one, but I'm reasonably sure. It's a work visa. Dude, what's going on with my light right now? 
You guys see that? If you're watching on YouTube, you just saw. I feel like I'm in a horror film right now. That was terrifying. Um, if, <laughs> but he got his visa issue, I'll just say, worked out. And he is going to now head up to camp. Uh, they don't expect him to be fully ready and stretched out by opening day, which makes a ton of sense because this dude was signed after spring training had started thanks to the lockout. And on top of that is, you know, he's a starter. He's not a reliever. So uh, for a guy that signed this late into the season and then, you know, even even with the fact that he signed really late, he could have just thrown him in, started stretching him out early on into spring. But then the visa issues happen. So he will, uh, it sounds like Tyler Alexander will be the fifth rotation starter for def guaranteed the first time through the rotation. And I would bet serious money using betonline.net that, uh, that this prop definitely doesn't exist. But uh, I would bet heavily that uh, Alexander is probably going to get the five spot in the rotation for the first two times through the order. Uh, at this point, I would be pretty shocked, honestly, if Pineda was uh, was ready to be just like ready to go starter every fifth day by the second time to the rotation. But still well worth the signing, not like a the sky is falling situation. It's still still well worth it. Still glad we did it. Um, you know, he's, he's going to miss two starts. If he can stay healthy, he's going to have another, you know, 27 to 30 of those. So. Not a big deal, not the end of the world, but we are going to be probably without him in the starting rotation, at least for the first couple of starts. The interesting thing is if they technically decide to keep him on the major league roster or not within at the start of the season, then right. Uh, it's just, it just interesting on, on if they can work around it, either start him in the minors or put him on the IL or something, or if he's just going to have to burn a roster spot for the first two weeks, right? It'll be kind of interesting to see how they uh, how they play that. But for now, going to miss the first two uh, starts in rotation, and we have 28 people for the month of uh, April. That's the month. For the month of April, rosters will be 28, so not a, not a huge deal either way. But might might get a little short stint out of somebody that we wouldn't have before. So that'd be kind of cool. Something to look forward to. Um, besides that, I'm trying to think of anything else. Like, I, I think that's probably it. Rosters. Oh, there weren't any more. Oh, Casey Mize. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Casey Mize pitched yesterday. Well, when you're listening to this two days ago, we didn't play a spring training game on Tuesday, right? Yeah, right. It's like just past midnight when I'm recording this, so all my days are really mixed up right now. Uh, yes, we, we did not play on Tuesday, right? We had the day off. So what they did is it was Mize's turn to pitch, and so they sent him to like the minor league camp in, in Tigertown down in, uh, down in Florida and just had him pitch like a low-stress, just kind of minor league camp game. And... According to, you know, there's no footage of this anywhere, obviously, just uh, just uh, like behind the <laughs> but like behind the real facility simulated game, like not even a, a real thing, really. But um, according to all the all the wonderful beat writers that we have, all of them seriously fantastic. We, we are very fortunate. And I know that we we dog on a lot of the the big head, you know, writers and and uh, and and 
what what's the other word I'm trying to think of? Just just pillars in in the news in in the city of Detroit, but um, you don't you don't realize until you start following other markets, especially in the Midwest, that the Tigers are unbelievably fortunate. And if you talk to other people from that are in the industry in other cities and ask them about the Tigers, they will all say the same thing. Like it is pretty universally known that the Tigers have a really, really good beat. So shout out to, to all those guys. Staven Hagen, great, great dude. Fantastic. Cody's the dog. Uh, Petzold, also the dog. Great dude. Um, I mean, McCoskey's been doing it forever, right? Beck, been, you know, Beck's uh, uh, an encyclopedia, basically. We, we really are fortunate. So those guys did some great, uh, you know, just quick little reporting on, on what happened with Mize's game. And they basically said that it was a really, like I said, a low stress, not a big deal to anybody. Just wanted to make sure that he got his innings that he was scheduled to get that day. Exactly. Uh, because they're all part of a very strict throwing program at the current moment and are for obviously for all of regular season, but especially in the spring. Those training programs get super, super strict. Um, and so he had to throw on Tuesday. And so he did throw on Tuesday, right? Uh, but yeah, just a, a no, nothing crazy to report. They said that the defense behind him made a ton of errors. Not, not to be unexpected, being that it was the minor league camp. I guess that's kind of on brand. Uh, said he got hit around a little bit at one point, but nothing that was like, you know, concerningly a lot. And yeah, it was fine. So there you go. Mize pitched. He was supposed to pitch. So he did. Not, not, not a big deal at all. Tyler Alexander will be the fifth starter for the first at least two times through the at Guaranteed one time in my eyes two times at least. I, I really don't see any way Pineda's back the, the second time through. And that's about it for housekeeping. I think that's all the stuff. There haven't been any other roster additions or subtractions since yesterday's episode as far as like trimming down the 40-man or the spring training roster. So that's about it. Bingo, bingo. Uh, let's get into the spring training game. I guess that's just the naturally the next thing to go to. First, though, I got to tell you all about betonline.net. After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the final four and would determine this year's national champion this coming week. Betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it, BetOnline remains the best spot for all your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. It's not just basketball either, but online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs and information, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody, we are back. If I can make this can not make a noise, we are back. For our second segment here at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Get those YouTube numbers. They keep going up, baby. They keep going up. I promise the quality of yesterday and possibly today's episode is not the norm. <laughs> promise you we have we have, we run a we run a, a good high quality ship here. I promise. So be sure to check that out. It's gonna be an awesome tool for the regular season. 
You should also check out Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube. All right, let's get into this game. Pretty, uh, pretty exciting game, I would say, for your Detroit Tigers. Uh, beat the Philadelphia Phillies 7-1, to one, technically as the road team. I don't know why I said technically as, just as the road team. Thanks, Bentley. Uh, so, Scooby Pish, and this was the, the big story, I guess, of, uh, of, of the afternoon. He went four innings, three hits, one walk, five Ks, no runs. That's a great line. A fantastic spring training line, right? The thing with Scooble has been, for me, has been and will continue to be the exit velocity he gives up. We talked about it after his first start. We're going to talk about it again. Shocker. He went four innings. He got his five strikeouts. Only had a one walk. Beautiful. No runs against. Really solid outing. The average exit velocity was 88 miles an hour. While that's not catastrophically, you know, oh my goodness, horrific, it's not great either. Last year, he he had an average exit velocity throughout the season of just over 90, and he was in the 13th percentile in all of baseball in average exit velocity against. For those who are unaware of how sliders work, that means that that's the bottom 13%, not the top 13%, right? So he is, uh, his average exit velocity, uh, there are only, well, there are only 12-ish percent of uh all qualified pitchers last year had a higher average exit velocity given up throughout the course of the season so it's a little over 90 today's was 88 i think just about on the nose uh maybe one tenth off whatever so you're looking at about two miles an hour less and it's one spring training outing so it's not like oh well look it's two miles an hour less that's the you know the whole season's gonna be that or anything obviously that's not true but he was giving up hard hit balls like crazy in the last outing. I mean, like crazy, like crazy in, uh, in, in his last spring training outing. So while it was a very good outing and his slider looked beautiful, the slider was absolutely fantastic today. Uh, when, well, he made Harper go 0 for 2 with two strikeouts against him. And one of them, he literally just threw three straight sliders. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Boom, boom, boom. Down goes Bryce. So, like, it was – I'm not going to be a party pooper and be like, oh, well, this was actually a horrible outing. No, no. It was a, a very solid outing. He looked very good. His secondary pitches continue to look very, very good and continue to look better than they did last season. The biggest thing still comes back to fastball location. That's what it's always been, and that's why he struggles with the the average exit velocity against. It's why he struggled with it his entire major league career, and it's why it continued to be high today. He'll he'll throw uh, he'll throw heat, and sometimes it'll cause a whiff. He had a lot of swings and misses today. He always has a lot of swings and misses. We can always count on him for that, right? But he also will have it catch a little bit too much of the plate and people will take it for a ride. Again, not a bad outing. Far from a bad outing. A really encouraging outing, honestly. The point I'm just trying to make is that the same 
big issues that were prevalent last season are very much still prevalent this early on in the spring. We'll see how he develops throughout the year. We'll see what Fetter's got for him. Uh, but there's a lot of fastball break that breaks toward the center of the strike zone instead of toward a corner. That's all. Still a great outing. Still a very good outing. Like I said, the secondary stuff for him today was fantastic. We already talked about the slider. Curve wasn't really utilized too much, but the changeup was really good. I thought it was a really, really impressive outing, and I'm really pumped for the year that Scooble could put up, man. Really, really excited about it. Uh, offensively, I mean, we put up seven. Not a bad day at the office, right? Oh, also Gregory Soto pitched. Anytime he pitches, I'm just going to just fanboy over him. Uh, perfect inning, two Ks. Velo was about 98, where it's been all spring. Beautiful. Uh, Cisnero pitched. Haven't seen him too terribly much this spring, honestly. At least not that early in games, I guess. So, but whatever. Uh, he, he was solid. One walk, one K, no runs. Uh, Michael Fulmer gave up a tank to Bryce Harper. But outside of that, looked decent. Was just a soft contact kind of aficionado in the inning out, outside of the Bryce Harper tank, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was the only mistake he made that inning. And it obviously, even if it did cost us the game, it doesn't really matter. So all in all that, there's your pitching rundown. I mean, Nolan Blackwood pitched fine. Uh, so yeah, sure. Offensively, Akil Badu goes over. First time we've really seen him. He still has an OPS over a thousand on the spring just because that's how good of a spring he's had. But uh, starting to maybe cool down a little bit. Doesn't matter. No. Uh, Robbie Grossman with a knock. Really hard hit. Pushing 100 miles an hour on that one. Javi Baez. Nice little RBI double. He crushed that one as well. The stuff he does on second base is so cool. Like he did like the Jordan shrug earlier. And then he did like the, he did like hook him horns, I guess, uh, you know, today on second, like he's always got something to do at second when he gets on base. It's really, really cool. Jamer had a great game, kind of a give me double. I don't even think he believed that he should have been on second base, but we'll take it one of two hits. Um, Miggy had a really hard hit ball to the warning track should have been a fly out, but it wasn't. We take those. Scopey was crushing the ball. The big thing, well, there's two big things. Green and Torgelson, the talk of the town, obviously, um, looked great. Riley Green, that kid's now OPSing 1,500. You, you heard me correctly. Riley Green's OPS in spring training is 1,500. Yep. 1.500 exactly he's not bad you know he's okay two knocks again this game one of them being a pretty hard hit ball love that man hope that uh hope that he's in center field on opening day nothing to believe he won't be spencer torkelson also he went over but he had a couple of rbis um he roped a ball over like 101 exit velo Roped a ball to short at one point. Uh, I mean, he has a 768 OPS and a 261 average. Like, I mean, again, he's crushing the ball. He's not getting a ton of strikeouts. He doesn't look overpowered. It's all, it's all fine. It's all fine and dandy. It's all good, baby. Um, and, and those aren't bad numbers anyway. Kreidler, 
looked great defensively at third base, which is interesting. I think they're just going to try and put Cribe there at as many infield positions as they can this season in AAA. Like, seriously, I think they're going to throw him at short, third, second. Might even get some time in first, corner outfield. Who knows? Uh, I think they, they, they really like him. I think they really like him still. And I, I truly believe that they are just going to try to make him a, a super utility like Ben Zobris type of guy because they they can't fit him in really anywhere else immediately. They might just throw him at second as well and just say we don't have a plan after scope at the end of the season for second base. You're the plan now, brother. Like, take it and run. They, they might do something like that too, but I think Paredes is also in that mix. Cody Clemens is now in the 40-man. He's in that mix. There's a couple of guys kind of jockeying for that job that second baseman of the future label uh that that's wide open honestly we talked about that a couple episodes ago but i i think especially again with how good Kreider looks defensively at every position in the infield i think they might just take that and run with it too i think they might just throw him at a bunch of different positions and not see if any of them stick just throw him out there and say hey if you can be a plus defender anywhere in the infield you'll get a call up baby like Hinch loves that. You'll get a call up right quick. So something to keep an eye out for in the minors is just, you know, what position is Crowder playing every night? Because I have a feeling it might be different. Uh, I think that's it probably. Yeah, really solid game. Fun watch. Kyle Gibson's a pretty good pitcher. So it, it, it was fun and Scooby, like I said, great outing. Okay, let's get into some of these betting odds. There is a, a couple of interesting lines for the Detroit Tigers this season. Uh, none of these are going to be win or loss. They're going to be like individual player type of lines. And there's a couple of, of really, really interesting ones. And we will get to those right after this. All right, everybody. We are back here for our third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including, what am I going to say? Including YouTube, baby. You already know. Uh, okay, let's get into some of these Tigers-based player props. Like I said, no, uh, no season, you know, win totals yeah we'll get into those as well as the season gets closer but for now the ones that they're that betonline.net is starting to to roll out are individual player based and they take a look at some of the bigger names for every team and just talk about uh you know over under rbis home runs wins for like pitchers uh etc so for starters we have javi baez over under 27 and a half home runs for the detroit tigers Javi Baez has hit over 27 home runs three different times in his major league career last year being one of those times. I think he hit 30 between Chicago and New York last season. Uh, and then I believe 17, 18, I believe he went over. He had 30 in one of them and then high 20s in the other. It was either 17, 18 or 18, 19. Uh, regardless, he, he's done it three times in his career. I mean, look, man, he's now in Comerica. He's now in Comerica. And, and, and honestly, for me, if I got 23 
22 to 23 home runs from Baez and he just played elite defense, I would be so happy, right? I, I don't need 28 home runs from Javi Baez to justify the signing for me. He plays great defense, keeps that OPS reasonably high, and, and gives me, you know, uh, a, a low to mid-20s home run total being in Comerica Park. And some of those that aren't homers turn into doubles. I'll be a happy camper. So if the if the doubles totals go up, the home runs dip below 27 and a half, I'll be fine. Uh, I would take the under on this. I, I think it's pretty difficult to... It's, it's really difficult to take the over on anybody that's playing in Comerica for the first time in their career. Really difficult. Like any non-prime Miguel Cabrera person, I have a just tough time being like, oh, you're in Comerica for the first time? Yeah, let's take the over on home runs for you. It's a tough one. Especially, I mean, even outside of Comerica, you know, playing in Wrigley, he's only eclipsed that total three times in his career. I'm going to take the under on it. RBIs, look, man. Everybody, everybody that knows me knows that I think RBIs is a next to useless stat. I mean, truly, I, I, I find zero value in a vet when it comes to evaluating a player, I think RBIs holds zero value. Like you, you're not going to convince me that a player is good or bad or tell me how good a player is or how bad a player is based on their RBI total. That's ridiculous to me so they have his at 81 and a half I mean if he hits in the middle of this lineup and we get the same production from Grossman that we did a year ago and we get um, uh, another step forward from Badu sure a, a, a the over on that is is more than he's more than capable of taking the over on that like comfortably taking the over on it if if we get some production at the top of the order um and, I, I mean, then, you know, depending on where the rookie's bad, if they get hot, if they move up in the lineup and all that, there's a lot of possibilities for some RBIs in this lineup, depending on if players reach their ceiling. So, 81.5, I think that's a good number for Bet Online to put it at. I think that's a, a solid number. You know, it's not a guarantee that it goes over it, but um, I, I would probably lean on, on the over for it. Miguel Cabrera, total home runs, 14.5. I'm just not going to take the over on Miguel Cabrera home run totals. Really, probably for the rest of his career, which is only this year and next year. But um, uh, you're love the man to death. You're not going to find me taking over home run totals on Miguel Cabrera anymore. Not going to happen. RBI 64 and a half. Again, I, I, I mean, like, sure, I, I guess that's pretty low. Uh, I would imagine that he'd go higher, but. At the same time, I mean, he might move down in the lineup. Uh, uh, who even knows, man? RBIs are, are dumb. Jamer, home run total 17 and a half. This one is crazy close to me. Because we all know that Jamer's got, got crazy doubles power, right? One of the highest doubles totals in all of baseball last year. We know he's got that in his bag. But he's still in Comerica, right? He's not switching ballparks. And we're aware of around you know he was around that last year i think i would take man that's so close that's so close that's that's tough i think i would take the over i think i would take the over 
I'm going to take the over. I took the under on the first two. If those are correct, we'll take the over on Jamer. I don't think he's going to hit 30 or nothing, but, you know, 17 and a half, maybe he hits 19 or has a 20 home run season or something nice like that. I'll take the over on Jamer home run totals. RBI 70 and a half, whatever. Sure, over. Jonathan Scope home run totals 21 and a half. I'm going to take the under on that one. Um, and I, I might regret it. And I know that when you look at second baseman in the American League, he's one of the best home run hitting second baseman of the last half a decade, maybe even the best, I think, in the last like four or five years. He's going to be taking on a much different role this season. And I'm not sure if that's going to tra- – like think about the, the roller coaster that Scope has been on with the Detroit Tigers. He's literally – when he was brought in, he was quite literally the best hitter on the team. Like straight up. He was signed to a, what, a one-year deal, two-year deal. And he was a low-level free agent signing in the scope of baseball. And we were just so bad that he was the best hitter on our team. And now he has no pressure on him. He's not going to be that high-pressure guy in the middle of the lineup, you know, the top four, maybe even top five in the lineup. Like, it's just crazy, and he's gotten no worse. Like, he's the same player he was. It's just the team has grown and taken such big steps that he's straight up going to go from, from like, the two or three hitter that we're going to rely pretty heavily on to get our our runs batted in from, our RBIs from, right, our, our runs created from. And we're going to turn that into, you know, he's probably going to be, like, our six hitter this season. Just crazy. 21 and a half. I'm going to take the slight under, but that's a really good number. That's a really good number to put it at. I think he's going to be around that 20 to 22 range. Uh, Akil Badu, home runs, 17 is where the over-unders at. I'm going to take – man, why am I taking the under on everybody? This is lame. I'm going to take the under on this too, uh, and I think it's just for precautionary reasons. I mean, if he even remotely figured out how to hit lefties, I'm going to look like a fool. Um, but I, I think that we're going to get a lot more doubles from Akil Badu before we would get a lot more home runs from Akil Badu. Does that make sense? I don't think his production is going anywhere. I think his production is going to go up, actually. I'm very high on Badu this season. But for home runs specifically, I'm going I'm to take the under on 17. Casey Mize win totals. If you want to talk about a stat that might be more useless than RBIs pitching wins has got to be right neck and neck. I mean, they got to be just right there going head to head battling for what's the stupider stat. Um, His is at nine and a half. I I mean, if we're going to be the second best team in a division in a division that got better, in my opinion, I'm going to presume that our second best starter is going to have more than nine and a half wins, but dumb stat. If he doesn't hit it, it's not his fault. And Water Rodriguez win totals 11. I would like to think, again, the ace for our team, if we're going to be second in the division, is going to have a win total in the teens. We'll take the over. But again, 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 still a dumb stat. This stat's not dumb. Erod total strikeouts. 185 and a half. I am taking the over. I'm happily taking the over and I'm not looking back. Uh, I think a fully healthy season of Erod getting 
presumably the most starts out of any other pitcher for in this organization at the major league level this year. Uh, I am smashing a, a 200K season for Erod this year. I, I, I'm going all in on, on 200Ks for Erod. So I'm taking the over on that one. And then the only one we got left is Tarek Skubal over under eight and a half wins. Uh, I guess I'll take the under just because I took the over on the last two win totals and the whole rotation isn't going to go over what I <laughs> over their win totals. So I guess I'll take the under on him, but dumb stat. We already talked about Scooby enough today. He, uh, he, he got his moment in, in, uh, in, in the show. Okay. That's it. That's it. We're going to have more as they roll out more and more odds, whether it's player props, they're going to do their team win total stuff. As they, they released more stuff, betonline.net, we're going we're gonna to talk about them as they roll out. So super, just a fun thing to talk about at the end of a show as we head into the season. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen. Locked On MLB Paul, host Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, just like this one, baby. Uh, hopefully this quality is better. If it's not, I apologize. There's really nothing I can do until I get back home. It's only going to be for the next couple of episodes. And then when I'm home next week, we'll be back to, uh, to business as usual. All right. Thanks for putting up with me. Thanks for rocking with me. Cannot wait for this season, baby. We're, we're going to do numbers, numbers. Cannot wait. Peace and love going to therapy's dope. And I'll catch y'all tomorrow, baby. Go Tigers.